everybody. Welcome to episode 82 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I am the other host, Mr. Paul Robinson. How are you today? Holy 1917. You know, we went to see that today. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Just Jesus Christ. Jesus H. Christ. Jesus H. Christ. Well, let's start with um, the Golden Globes because yeah. um, that happened. Golden Globes. Pretty eventful week in in terms of um, shock value and things and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So we don't don't take these awards shows very seriously. I don't watch them unless something that I like is nominated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If an actor that I particularly like is nominated for something, I watch it. Okay. But I don't... I mean, it's subjective. It doesn't really mean anything. But... It's always worth watching just for Rich, uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Uh, especially this year. That burp made its way all the way over to me, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> just so as you know. Was potent, to say the least. So, um, so uh, this is his last year. Mm-hmm. So, so he says, I'm thinking <laughs> they're going to make this his last year, even if it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he may or may not make it to the end of the year at this point yeah <laughs> so cover you back um he was freaking hilarious it's just so funny you know and and you know he says at the beginning they're just jokes they're just jokes but people like man they just are i don't know nobody can take a joke can i just say that um tom hanks was such a wet blanket yeah a curmudgeon if you thing. will well, not even. It's just, you know, he was making all these like shocked faces and his expression was all like, oh, pushing the envelope there. And it's just he was so Mr. Rogers in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I was just I was so amused. Uh, my boy Leo laughed at himself. That joke was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. So not even he could not laugh at that. I mean, yeah. it was hilarious. I like and, to see Marty Scorsese. Marty, it up. Marty was, Scorsese took his short jokes and yeah. uh, his movie being a gajillion hours long. Yeah. Like he he took it like a trooper. Whether mm-hmm. inside they were like, "I hate you, I hope you die." Yeah, they still put they put a good face on. I mean, look, nobody likes to be the butt of a joke. You know what I mean? But especially if it's a really yeah, it's a it's a, a whopping roast. You're like, yeah. oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but I've I've never I don't know. But I've, I'm too laid back for that shit. Like you, you can you should be able to laugh at yourself. But it's life not even short. like like uh, no pun intended. Life is too short. I mean, M- Marty Scorsese is quite small. I I'm sure he's aware that he's short. Yeah, and uh, you know Leo has he's he's a serial dater. Of younger women. Yeah. So you have to be able to laugh at that. And and I don't think that, um, you know, if we made, if look, if I'm sitting at the Golden Globes and my movies made it into Golden Globes and the joke is that it's a century long, that's not really insulting. That's just like an obvious joke. Like, yeah, yeah. the movie's really long. Yeah. Um, but that's not, you know, I don't know. Um, was the was the Felicity Huffman joke? Yeah. Hey. Do the crime, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I don't feel sorry for her. I'm just, that, that's just that's just how it is. Um, and you know, I I think the Harvey Weinstein joke that one. Oh my god, the Harvey Weinstein, the Harvey Weinstein joke. But that that speaks volumes. Yeah. To me, that spoke volumes. The fact that it's like you're upset about a joke directed towards a fucking perverted creep. 
Well, no. Well, the joke really wasn't directed towards him. I mean, it was, but it was more directed, you know, the, the tail end of that was, was directed towards the people that like, you know, they hem and hawed at it, but it's like, Hey, you guys knew like. Everyone knew what was going yeah. on. Everyone I mean, knew. I'm sure there's people that didn't, but most people knew. Most of the people I'll, in that people room knew, knew yeah. uh, uh, if, if they didn't know directly details, they knew of his, um, yeah. you don't, I can't even you don't think do, of the word. You don't do what he did and not have it no, be talked about. It, it, you know? was, it was common knowledge that he yeah. was a creep. And, you know, the, the whole political aspect of the award shows always, and, and he, he said it perfectly. I was always kind of like Magoo about these big political long uh, speeches because it's like you don't live in the real world. Yeah. You just don't. You know, you're sitting here talking about, oh, we have to do this and we have to do that. And we have to do this. And then when when that when when you take your big award into your giant limo and you're driven to your three million dollar house, that's not living in the real world. You know, we yeah. watch these shows to escape reality because we love movies. And that's what that's what that is. Yeah. You know, it's 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 taken immediately as a podium. And I can understand for like maybe the Australian fires, like something that's directly happening in that moment. But I just I'm so sick of celebrities, literally the president of this country. I'm so sick of celebrities taking on political positions, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, like do great that, you know, Leo donates money all the time. He's, you know, if you if you follow him at all, you know, that he's, you know, a a huge uh, environmentalist and Mm -hmm. um, he always has been. And um, and that's great. He does his thing and that's it, you know, but. It's just you get it's a forty five minutes of like here's what you need to do and here's yeah. what you need to do and then you're gonna go get like your vagina steamed or whatever the yeah. hell's cool that week. Well, it's it's or, such or a... get your balls, you know, get some shaman to knock on your balls or something. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever stupid Hollywood shit you do. It's always tricky because it it it. At a certain point, it starts to become counterproductive because, you know, you want to use your platform to um, raise awareness for things. Mm -hmm. I'm all for that, 100%. But there comes a point when um, you're trying to raise awareness, but people don't want to hear – most people don't want to hear somebody that's making $10 million a movie talk about how shit's hard for people or whatever it is, you know, and, and, you know – I like when celebrities do things like there was one celebrity, who was it? I don't remember who it was, but they, it was probably like Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie or something when they're like, well, shit, if the paparazzi is going to follow me everywhere, then I'm going to go to places in the world that need help. And then the paparazzi can follow me there. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, ha- you know, you just do it and you don't have to have these big, huge, long speeches. And so I appreciate that. But I think, yeah, once you start beating it, beating people over the head with your message, then mm-hmm. it starts to have the opposite effect. I think I think it's more where it is. Like you can beat people over the head with your message when you direct a film, when right. you uh, when you say, hey, we need to be more diverse. Well, then do that. You have the perfect platform and and or finances to do that. Then make a film and make it diverse and have a, divi- a, a diverse cast, uh, a cast with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Ca- you know, then do all that. You can do that and change that. But it's like you're here at this gajillion dollar party yeah. at an with, award show at for an acting. awards show yeah. where people's outfits cost more than our house. Yeah. Preaching about politics. It's like, yeah, honey, that doesn't work here. Yeah. <laughs> No one wants to hear that shit right now. Uh, you know, Beyonce and and uh, Jay Z came with their own bodyguard who was carrying their own champagne with them. Like this, you're you're joking, right? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is such bullshit. So I think that's just that's just gotten old. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but 
Like, what is with this weird voice that Michelle Williams has been putting on lately? Oh, I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm going to get like super gossipy. I don't normally do this, <laughs> but she's always been soft spoken. Yeah. Always. But she has like, it's like she has this accentuated lisp and she's doing this like baby talk, like this, this like breathy Marilyn Monroe. Uh-huh. Baby talk. She did play Marilyn Mar- 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 yeah, Mar- yeah. Mar- Monroe. She's taking it too far now. She yeah. never let that character go or something. But I don't ever remember her sounding so breathy and airy and like, mm. bing. I don't know. I don't hmm. know what the hell that's about. Um, she's pregnant. Maybe that's <laughs> I don't know if it yeah. just does things to your voice. Kids but she was everything. talking, and I was like, "What is going on with what?" <laughs> I don't know. I, I I watched it because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And um, Fleabag, you know, the, the, was great movie, great shows. Catch-22 got fucking zip. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why that show is not more popular. Yeah. Not to win shit like whatever. You know, we all... It's a solid show. It, it, whoever votes for these things, it's never people that are, you know, in touch with reality. I mean, mm, yeah. I feel like much like politics Especially is the set Especially the Globes. It's just like a group of, like, random people, right? I don't even know who... Behind, it's you know it's like Oz it's like the people behind the curtain yeah. that we never see that control everything um but it just the show itself is I mean it made its way in I was surprised it was even in there yeah. because when I say to people have you seen Cash 22 they're like what are you talking about <laughs> it was the most amazing show it was one of my favorite shows of 2019 and it doesn't not a whole lot of people even know about it and I yeah. don't understand it was so freaking good yeah anyway Ricky Gervais killed it he was hilarious I loved it and you know, he's the the. I think the most uh, comical thing that's come from it has been the far right adopting him now and put and they they've taken him under their wing because being outspoken and calling people out has somehow become synonymous with with Trump or something yeah. or well, like the far right. It's so weird. You know, there's no there's as if no Democrats didn't tell it like it was as if George Carlin never existed. Yeah. You know, what I mean, yeah. like this is it's so, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that I, I don't know Ricky Gervais's political stance 100 percent, but he certainly doesn't lean to the right. And so it's so funny that people from the right are like, oh, you know, see, this is what we're talking about. This guy's great. And this and that. And it's like, well, your your actual like beliefs and morals do not at all coincide with this i can assure you that being outspoken and and calling people out is not it's that that's not there's not a political side to that that's just your personality and Mm. uh you could still not be a racist asshole and call people people, out (laughs) Uh, so it's just kind of so funny how it's like flown over people's heads just lived in such a we live in such a polarizing kind of uh time that you know it's the whole with with me or against me. It's black or white. That's yeah. it. There's no yeah. gray area because you have nope. you have people on the left who are like, that was out of line. Give me a break. Well, that's the other thing, too. I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's just this the culture that, you know, uh, the comedians have to navigate now, which is very. It's going to be one of the most difficult times to be a comedian. Yeah, because <laughs> you have like this fine line to walk where you never did so much before. And not that, you know. I don't know. There's just a lot more sensitivity out there. And some of it's for some of it's warranted, absolutely warranted 100%. But some of it's like, really, really not. So, yeah. And that's for them to navigate because I don't know. I'm not a stand up comedian, so I don't. You're not a funny haha man. No, Um, but I I do empathize or sympathize, I guess, more than but I wouldn't want to do it. It's just like, you know, you can't look. Jokes are tragedy plus time. Right. Isn't Mm -hmm. that like how it works? So. 
I don't know. Uh, people need to just calm the fuck down. <laughs> this has been a message from brought to you by brought to you by Go Gorilla. People just need to calm, calm the, the fuck, fuck down. down. So, um, it's from uh, Shaun of the Dead. Everyone yeah. just calm, calm the, the fuck, fuck down. down. So 1917. 1917. Oh boy. So I, I had shown you this trailer. Strap in. I don't know how long ago, right? Mother I, I watched the trailer mm-hmm. and I was like, did you see it? And you're like, see what? And I was like, you got to sit down. <laughs> and so we've been waiting and absolutely a film that you need to see in the theater. Yep. If you can wing it, a good theater if it's going to be like some, some like shitty screen, yeah. like you probably your TV's probably better. But this now now we get into the conversation of like, oh, you know, we actually went and looked at some televisions. Mm-hmm. Not that we're actually buying one, but we happened to be at Best Buy when we had to well, buy. Did you know that ours the, isn't the, that good? Did you know that <laughs> we had to buy the extra hard drives, and so we were take we took a gander at the TVs, and one of the t- the TVs there was like six thousand dollars or something, and I was like, who? In the fuck, spend six grand on a TV. Mm. First of all, if you have six grand to spend on a TV, are you going to Best Buy? Yeah, no. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like that's like when people when people come into money, but they don't know what to do with it because they've never had it before, right? Yeah. And they buy the biggest and best, most expensive thing they can find. They think is the biggest and best, yeah. but it's actually not. Yeah. Um, that's what that, I, I want to know how many well, of I mean, those, how many people TV walk is, into you know. those TV, into, into Best Buy and are like, I'll take that $6,000 TV. I want to know how many of those they sell I a I year. mean, they must sell some or else they wouldn't have them in there. I don't, th- I don't know. I, I, Where else are you going to buy a $6,000 TV? I don't know. I just, I don't feel like a per. I don't know. I just, I don't feel like a person that, that would be that. Ugh. I wouldn't even know where to, like if, if, uh, I mean, we would never buy $6,000. $6,000? That's insanity. Anything other than That's computer. But absolute like, insanity. <laughs> like we're, we were over here looking between two TVs. One was eight ninety nine. one was nine ninety nine, And I was like, that looks exactly the same to me. I'm not spending a hundred dollars more for that. Yeah. It's do it. does nothing different. I don't, need, I don't need my TV to have fancy shit. And, and in fact, the more fancy shit, generally, the more like shit it looks, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just want like 4K. Yeah. But be good. what what we were talking about when, on our way home from the, the movie was that I don't I don't care how expensive your TV is. I don't care if your screen takes up the whole entire. Is that, I don't remember what company made that that TV. That's like the size of a wall. It's not going to be the same as the theater. Yeah. Like no, you got to see this, this in the theater. You got to see this in the theater. It's a, it's just so. This was the first movie. Like I was excited for this movie on a on such a big scale. I was mm-hmm. so excited for this movie. Um, and man, it did not disappoint. It's like one of the first times I've had such high expectations for a film, and mm-hmm. they just immediately met. Yeah, like right away. And it just kept going, going, and going, and going. And so, like, the, I don't know if we're doing spoilers for this, but um, I'm not going to do one now. Well, but we don't the, have the thing to, is, don't like, spoil the story. No, but the thing, here's the thing. The thing is, like, <laughs> yeah, so the idea, if you don't know, this is, a, if you were, I don't know, it's a little spoiler, I guess. But the idea is that it's kind of like one take, right? I, that's been you everywhere, have, if you haven't you heard have that one, already. You have one obvious cut in the film mm-hmm. and then the rest of it is there's hidden cuts the the this filmmaker was never like oh yeah try to sell it off as sam mendes, yeah. yeah sam mendes never tried to like sell it off as one take but that's the idea of it and the, the it's it's all right so <laughs> it's like words it's like if you're making a, an animated film mm-hmm. and you could just put the camera where the fuck you want Mm-hmm. That's kind of their approach. They're just like, well, we want the camera to do this. If we're if we're in the the fucking trenches here, and then we're up over here, and then we're coming back down, and now we're over the water, and and it's just like, 
the camera just went where I'm I, as a filmmaker. I mean, I have some theories, but I have no clue how they were able to pull the, the amount of pre-production alone in this film must have been insane. The coordination, because it's not like they're like, oh, let's do this gimmick of one take, you know, and, and yes, one take is quote unquote a gimmick, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it serves the story so beautifully. And, you know, um, so you have to coordinate not just a one take a film that you're doing these long, super fucking long takes. Yeah. You're doing it in a war film, World right. War One, Right. And so you have that scope of a film of, of, a, of a, you know, uh, a huge war film all in one take. And then on top of it, you have to make it look beautiful. So you bring on Roger Deakins, of course, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's the thing. The sh- the shots in this film, just as they were impressive, that the camera got to move this way, and how did they keep it? And all this stuff, it was just as beautiful. Colors and and cinematography and the comp- composite, you know, the, the shot composition, um, the lighting, the it was just. It's like it's it's easily going to be on my top ten, maybe my top five of all time. I was going to say, you said it was top five. Now we've gone to top ten. What's going on here? Well, my, my, my list shifts. Any, any good lifts, <laughs> list for top films always shifts list depending on shifts. your mood. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it just blew me away. So. Just blew me away. And, and, they, and, the, and the, the, the actor in it, or actors in it, everybody was great in it. Your boy mm-hmm. was in it. He did, he did awesome. But there was like this kind of one main guy that. Uh, two, you know, two ish, but like the one guy had kind of a bigger role, and he's just like from a physical standpoint of what he had to do was insane. Because you know, like he didn't. They, it's not like they went out there to shoot it once. You know, they took a couple takes of those. I mean, maybe not. There was a lot of shit going on, but some of them they had to do a few times. And this, it was very. It seemed like very grueling. And that guy, man, was he was all he was. Yeah, it was really good. This is a the kind of film that as an actor. There's zero room for personal movement and shifting because it's completely scripted and yeah. choreographed. Yeah. There is no like, Ad-libbing, oh, my character like... wanted to move to the left for a second. No, every you have to yep. follow the arrows that we have made for you because you're going to fuck up an entire shot if you go the other way. Yeah. What they were, and I don't know if these things were CG and put in after the fact that there was one specific shot where they're going through the trenches in the beginning and the 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 camera is in front of the characters the, the characters wa- walking towards the camera so camera's moving backwards and they 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 crossed right into an area where there was boxes and I'm thinking like what how so like I'm assuming perhaps this was on a crane or something that couldn't have been a person walking through there unless they CG'd the boxes later. I don't know. Um, But if they had, you know, somebody on, I don't even know, because the crane still is on wheels and has to maneuver its way back. So I don't know. One of my theories is that they had a steady steady cam operator, but then they had cranes for that operator to lift the operator up over things and around things and stuff. That's my theory. Yeah, but still the neck to that would have had to have been so long and well, like I think a, a lot, like well, a lot you know, a lot of that is CG too. Like, there's a scene where they, where where they go through this, like, um, you know, those uh, those things. That, I, I don't know. It's like a big barrier of of wood and 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 wiring, you know. And um, the camera follows them Close and it goes to the lines. side, and yeah, and then it just it goes through where there was just a bunch of shit. So yeah, you just, know, chances they're... are that stuff was CG, and and you know, the camera could just go there. But so that's my theory. It was a combination of 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 Adding CG stuff in places, mm-hmm. 
um, where, where, you know, then the camera would move through there and you're like, how did it get in there? There was a wall there. I'm like, well, no, there wasn't a wall there, whatever. There's that. And then yeah, I think they just don't know. put, and look, I'm sure they handed it off. You could have had a steady cam operator hand it off to a crane then hand it back to us, you know, and, and then having a, well, a steady cam note, operator get lifted himself over something or herself over something. And then on that note, the, the, the film was directed by Sam Mendes, if, Sam in Mendes. case you don't know. And the, the DP was, uh, Roger Deakins. But what I was interested in was who the actual camera operators were, because I don't think that's something a lot of people put thought into, but holy shit. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a lot of work and those, that's those a lot cam- of crazy cameras work. on that level are not light. So there was, um, Peter Aris was the drone pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not getting everybody, but I'm just like, just getting, you know, certain people here and there. Uh, Peter Cavacciuti. Cavacciuti mm-hmm. was the camera operator. Uh, B, he was the B camera, mm-hmm. steady cam operator. Um, and Roger Deakins was camera A, mm. which I'm surprised. Mm. Um, I assume he wasn't even touching a camera. Yeah. Like it's, you know, he's just so like, go do that over that's, there. That's, that takes a um, lot of endurance. So um, I don't know. There there may have been more, but like there's like, there were so many like digital imaging technicians, stand-in yeah. riggers, first assisting cameras. I mean... Just crazy, crazy, crazy amount of people. Um, second AC and, you know, the um, Colin Hazel techno crane technician. <laughs> like, yeah. There's just so many freaking people that were that were involved in this that had to have been involved in it to get all these rigs together. And I just I really want to know how smoothly. many hidden cuts there were. Yeah. I hope they put all that in the. Yeah, I'm definitely buying that. The one, I, I, I just want to. I want to just absorb every second of behind the scenes for that thing and making of and all that stuff. It, it's probably yeah. like pretty crazy. How I they went did all into that. this, and it's film. just like it's it's for me. It's a whole nother level of filmmaking. It's a whole nother level of film. You know, like you have these films that come along where they're like, you know, wow, you know, uh, you, like you had mentioned Saving Private Ryan. You know, mm-hmm. like that kind of like that's. A, well, I it's think, being called the Saving Private Ryan of, of this time. Yeah, and and I think you know I, I hate to compare things. You know, it's its own thing. It shouldn't be compared to something else. But I feel like yeah, it's it's one of those movies that come along and you're like, wow, they really well, up the ante. Some similarities and so of course you probably see 50 movies i was a little bit groggy going in so i was worried because dark theater and i thought well you know shaking and explosions probably gonna not fall asleep during that but i was a little worried because i was i got super tired and i was like oh no and i had saving private ryan in mind which is a a, I, i don't know that movie's two and a half hours, three hours, something like that. Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and it felt it. Yeah. You know, it was a good movie. I actually saw that movie three times in the theater. Um, the first time I, I first time I saw it was in what, you know, the, the nicest theaters that you could have at that time. In I think it was in Chelsea. I went to like some theater that, you know, had like big, big screen. Might have been an IMAX screen or something like that when was kind of first started doing all that. And it was the craziest thing to see that opening scene in a theater and, you know, the, the speakers have bullets whizzing by. But what was really poignant was that the theater was mostly war veterans. Yeah. So a lot of older men and and their families, women, you know, wives, sisters, mom, you know, well, not moms, they'd, they'd be gone. But, you know, people that that experienced this was part of their life in, at, at one time and watching grown men, senior men 
bawling in their seats and then getting up because they needed a moment was just like, holy shit, you know, you've done a good job as a filmmaker when you've affected people that, you know, to whom this movie is dedicated to and supposed to represent when those people are becoming emotional, they're reliving that. Um, But there were a lot of scenes in Saving Private Ryan that did drag. I'm not saying that it didn't work and it wasn't good, but it felt like a three hour movie or whatever it was. This did not. When it was over, I was kind of like, wait, is that it? Like, there were never really parts of it that I was like, all right, here, you know, we're going to sit on this for a while. And you kind of can't do that with Warners. That's probably the... I think they the, did a good job, though, of, of that, taking, that type some, of taking some moments here and there to kind of... Yeah, they didn't say there weren't moments, yeah. but it wasn't... The movie didn't drag at all because it can't. There's yeah. there's no time for it to. And um, I don't know. I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. I thought it was really... It was just beautifully shot. But um, I think I'm probably more... I'm more fascinated with how the movie was made than the actual movie like the movie was great but i'm more like i want to know how you made the movie yeah well i'm interested yeah i'm interested to see if this is based on some kind of actual event that happened or you know um or you know uh, or something because they had you know well a it's fank. similar to, to private ryan yeah because they had to think yeah yeah that's true that you know they they thanked um you know they had special thanks for some actual veterans that told them stories apparently there was some didn't kind of... you pay attention to the last name of that person no, I mean, it was Mendez. Oh, <laughs> oh! In the credit, the person that they thanked at the end, the the last name was Mendez. Oh, so he must have. So he must have been wanting to make this movie for a while. Somebody in his family has. Yeah, I'm assuming know, history with that. I thought you caught that. <laughs> no, I I read the name and I was trying to figure out who if it was like somebody. I don't know from if it's a movie, coincidence, you know, but like I doubt that it. Was it like had, a relative of somebody. It must from the be movie a relative of his. Yeah. The idea was loosely based on a story. His grandfather told him. Oh, so loosely based. But yeah, I mean, I I don't, and I don't. That's the things I don't really think it was like thin on story. A lot of times when you have movies that have like a quote unquote gimmick like this, but I mean, I, this movie could have easily been greenlit if it wasn't one take. You know, it was. Oh yeah. You know, it wasn't just like whatever. It was. You know, what was interesting is I I caught myself thinking like, oh, this is like this is like a video game. <laughs> You know, because that's how this is how you would play a video game, right? You right. just go from one place to the other mm-hmm. and fight people along the way. And and uh, uh, I, I thought the know, mechanics. I don't know that that non filmmakers would even catch that it's one take. I don't. I don't think that a lot of people that aren't in film notice stuff like that mm-hmm. a lot of times. I like that it's not like some people didn't even know. You know, they weren't like hanging their hat on this gimmick. Right. Yeah. It know? wasn't. Um, it was. It was. Oneers can. Oneers can work, but it the gimmick becomes old because it's it's sort of tarnished when you go in and you know that it's a oneer. Yeah. It it changes the way that you watch the film and it changes the way that you respond to the film. There are for me, this film did a great job of it. Victoria did a great job of it. But then there was that other one. There was that horror movie that was actually was it like a Spaniard movie that we then stole oh, with yeah. what's her face yeah. with one of the Olsen Yeah. I remember that one. The eldest or whatever, the one that's not one of the twins. I didn't like that. Mm. And there was a cut in that film. But I didn't like that movie. It felt too gimmicky. And it just was like, I don't even Mm -hmm. care. I I didn't care about the the story or the characters because I was just paying attention to the gimmick. With this, there's so much going on. And what's going on is so dramatic and tragic that you're forgetting. Yeah. You're not really paying attention to it. Like, you know, the the battlefields and, and the burnt down cities and everything just looked so... 
crazy. Yeah, the set for those trenches were like... Yeah, they're huge. The amount of those sandbags, I don't know, like, if they CG'd some of those, or if somebody had to actually put all those sandbags up. I don't know. It seemed like, you know, they were walking, like, I don't know. I mean, those could have been built in a field somewhere. Obviously, it's like whatever. All the whole fucking thing could have been, I guess. But, you know, it's just like they're walking for, like, yeah, but it's still a minutes. set. Like it's still a bit, even e- whether it's built right. in a That's studio or not. Like, some, they, just, they had to build crazy. those trenches unless the trenches still existed. Yeah, if they know. filmed, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not sure about all that. But there was only one thing that didn't work for me. And it's so minor and stupid. But I mention it because of the caliber filmmakers that we're talking about here. They had uh, CG rats that very much looked like cg rats and it's always so animals uh, are hard animals are difficult their movement is difficult but it it's it's there's something to take from that when you see this caliber of filmmaker and and this type of crew with the experience that they have not being able to perfect that that's really hard so when you when you see productions that don't have the the same i don't want to say budget because a lot of it is is talent you know, and, 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 and experience. And, well, a lot, well, I mean, a lot but, of it know, is, the, is, is budget and time and cause yeah. you can find a post house yeah, but, that you know, will pe- make people have done like, for instance, Segway, there was someone who decided to fix all of the mistakes in the Irishman. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple times that it didn't work for me that the way it looked in the film actually looked better than what, than what they did. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of the scenes, it was improved. Yeah. And I don't know who this person was, but I'm sure they didn't have the budget of Scorsese and they no. still did a better job, you know? So, well, it's like when they, they, they did the same thing to Superman when they had, uh, the, the studio had removed his mustache mm-hmm. and his lip. And it's like a famous scene now of his mouth moving weird. And then people, some person in, in their basement just sat there and yeah. deep faked in and it looked better. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there's... We still don't know, like... I mean, we do, the, we're we getting better with the de-aging technology, but I feel like we're still not... Rats were tough. They they looked, yeah. like, cartoony and, and kind of weird, but whatever. The movie wasn't about rats, but it's yeah, just, yeah. it was just interesting. And I bring it up because it's like, that's how difficult that is to get right. Mm-hmm. That they they just... They were on point with so many things, but that still was just like, that's not a real rat, and I can mm-hmm. tell that it isn't. I, I highly doubt that it was at the top of their list to like find someone who had trained rats and was yeah, like, yeah. we need the rat to be able to hang on this bag. At the end of, uh, you know, there was probably a cut right after the rat thing. And um, I'm sure they didn't want to have to risk that at the end of a scene. Yeah. Well, the the um, the initial explosion in this film was so freaking intense. And when you're in a vibrating seat, <laughs> it's yeah. tenfold. But it was so crazy. It was so crazy and there were times right because you know we we're sickening so we sit like kind of arm in arm or mm-hmm. or whatever and we were clenched like i was squeezing your arm and you were squeezing my hand even when the the intense scene had ended because we were waiting we're like something else is going to happen we just know it i my ass cheeks were clenched through so much of that film because Very the tension film. was just so monumental yeah. and you could not escape it and it's interesting because either I, I found myself there was one scene where the music was building and i'm like you know like so many films now will use a this tension building swell in music to build up to something that ultimately leads to nothing right. that happens almost more than 
it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So there was one scene where, and I think, I don't know if they did this on purpose or if this is just how it worked out, but the music was swelling and I was like, they were building up for something amazing to happen. And I was like, oh, he's going to like, something's going to, and it's going to be nothing. And then all of a sudden, but it was something. So Mm -hmm. it kind of, the fact that it did that kept me more on edge because now I was like, oh, they're willing to, you know, Use music to yeah. actually and, and play the with mood. the norms that that yeah. a lot of movies will build and swell music to. You know, you're going to go check out a room. Is there a bad guy in there? And you open it up, and they're not in there. But the music swells to be, to build mm-hmm. that tension. And what, what what most movies will do is build up that tension, release. There's nobody in the room, and then boom, the person is in the room, but they're hiding. So you know, yeah. that, that's something that annoys me. <laughs> Annoyed. Well, just that's and the the the. The concept is fine. I get it. You want to, mm-hmm. and then you want to get people off guard. But I feel like people use it so much that we expect it now. Yeah, that's all. Well, I think it's fair to say that that we give this an A plus. A plus. A plus. 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 It's, it was just so good. It was yeah. so good. I don't. Um, I don't know. It's not often that a movie of that caliber comes out. That's not like based on something. I mean, it's based on something, obviously, but it's not like a no. I a just superhero I just mean or, in, in. I mean, I guess it kind of is because that kid aspect. Was... Like the, this, this sort of this is a whole other level. We've never seen anything like this before. Saving Private Ryan, for instance, I think was was it still holds up. It's it, it still it was yeah. made really well, but. It was it was what popularized time, using a higher shutter speed. Yeah, at that time we had never seen a film, but but not even just the shutter speed, but just the no, yeah, something yeah. that raw. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, because you know you had movies like Platoon and um, uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Ugh, I can't. Um, anyway, you know these these war movies that that are they're they're very gritty mm-hmm. and they're very extreme and you know Apocalypse Now Apocalypse Now yeah uh-huh. Apocalypse Now and 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 Platoon and then there was another one wasn't there one with um wasn't Michael J Fox in a war movie Oh I don't know I could have I may have made that up completely I feel like he was in a in a movie about Vietnam B- Body Bags Coming Home in a Body Bag right what, what was that what? from uh True Romance <laughs> when they're up there watching that war movie <laughs> It's going to, it's just completely going to bug me. Um, but, you know, those movies were, they were great for their time, but the 70s were not, it was not a good time for quality in terms of like, like camera work. You, yeah. you well, know what I mean? at the time it, it was, yeah, but not now. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, 70s had a really gritty look. Everything had this very gritty look to it. Yeah. And... Saving Private Ryan was the first time you had a story that was that hit home that was so intense and that just had this really clean look and the way that they filmed it, the way that the the opening scene was filmed, it was like this this sort of in person kind of way of filming it. We'd never seen that before. Yeah. And this is definitely a whole other way of filming that kind of shit. I think it's just insane. We've never really seen anything like this before. Kudos to you know, Sam Mendes and, and to Roger Deacon and, yeah. and everybody involved yeah. for sort of raising the bar because this is, it's not a bar that you're going to be able to meet up with unless you have an obscene amount of money <laughs> because yeah, this, it's not easily attainable by any no. means. Yeah, it is not. You're not going to see it from us is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. We're never going to, and that's okay. We're going to leave it. We're going to, we're going to leave it. We're going to leave it to the casualties of war. Casualties of War. Okay. Michael J. Fox. Mm. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen it that. It was with Sean Penn. Mm. Sean Penn, I be- believe, played the asshole. Mm. 
as he usually does. <laughs> does that well. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I uh, so good, so good. Go see it. Not going to spoil. It. You know, that's what's really cool about this too. Just before we we wrap up, is that you can review this movie and not spoil the story at all because yeah. there's so much shit going on in mm-hmm. in the production that. We could just go off on that. It's a whole tangent on review on the quality of the movie the without lighting is, giving the story you know, away. You think about um, from a, from a, just just strictly from a lighting perspective when you're going into like a cave using like oh yeah like yeah. a handheld little flashlight and then you come out to the sky and I mean it's overcast but without, yeah and it's like you're not blown out and you're you know you're you know you're, you're doing some kind of aperture pull or something like that or whatever like just there's so many times you're going into a dark area out into you know I loved that uh, early morning light with yeah. the water yeah that was nice cuz i thought please please dear god do not day for night this or whatever i don't know watch them say like yeah we did day for night and be like well then you won yeah someone finally did it right if they did day for <laughs> night because <laughs> It never looks good. I don't care who you are. It always looks terrible. And that scene, that just this, that blue sort of sky, that hue. With the the, red fire and the the colors were. So good. Mm -hmm. The water scene. I just, I want to, I will, this will probably be the one time that we will revisit this film when we watch the Blu-ray to talk about what they actually did Mm -hmm. and the, the tricks. Yeah. The hoopies the and the little thing, the trickery and the yeah. the magic that 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 went on there. That's going to be fun to watch because from the jump, I think like two minutes into the film, I was leaning in, going, "How the fuck did they do that?" And you're like, "This mm-hmm. is insane!" <laughs> it's just yeah. really, really good. So next week is actually our screener yes. for the cast and crew. It is. That's true. Of a vital sign. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, if there isn't a, a freaking snowstorm, which mm. there's snow in the forecast, so help me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's got we, a week to get the fuck out of here. We are going to be talking about how that goes and mm-hmm. whether it's well received, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'll we'll be watching if... everybody from the back of the room. Yeah. Like 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 the principal. I'll just be coming in during <laughs> the session to see how everybody's reacting. Like so when someone comes up like, Oh my god, it was great. Lies. Yeah. All I lies. saw your face. <laughs> you were not impressed. <laughs> That's what's tricky. I mean, we've talked about this too before, but you know, getting like honest you know, you don't want to tell somebody like, Oh, this was bad, but like getting constructive criticism like I like this about it, I didn't like that about it. Good job overall. You know, like hmm. everyone's just gonna be like, Oh my god, it's so good, blah blah blah. Not necessarily. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I know Perry will tell us what's up, but Perry yeah. already Perry's already seen it. Yeah. yeah, he's already seen it because he was uh, associate producer, right? Yeah, I don't remember. He's yeah. one of those type of producers. He's one of those important people on it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He was the kind of important where they're like, "You're important, but you don't get to make any decisions." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't. But we don't want you cramping our style. Everybody else did. Yeah, of course. Um, and. Yeah, they, I mean, actually, I think when he saw it, we still had we still had a scene in there that we took out. Yeah, yeah, I've made a couple other little tweaks since then too, and he didn't really see it graded properly. He didn't see it graded or with the music. Um, we, we now that I've got the color grading a little bit under control, we've got everything ready to go there with the music. Emmett Cook again, big shout, shout out, out to him for for scoring this. We got an original score for it, which is crazy. He's the man. He is the man. So yeah, so that should be exciting. See, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. For when it ends, everyone's just silent. We're like, fuck. Yeah, damn it. All right. 
That was a loss. All right. Yeah. Next time. We'll Back get him next the time. Board. We'll get him next time. So uh, shout outs to Steady Geek and Reality Bomb Comic Cast and Emmett Cook and Perry mm-hmm. Horovis mm-hmm. and all of the friends and the peeps and, and all of that. We we appreciate you and we enjoy you and yeah. and we enjoy that you enjoy us, hopefully. Yeah. Enjoy my wife. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll see you we'll see you and you'll see hear you from us week. next week. Yeah. See ya and uh, yeah. Good good point. Okay, good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.